This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Brilliance is a decision. It's time to disrupt your current reality and experience your shift into brilliance. Simon T. Bailey's work is our roadmap, our call to action, our opportunity to create accelerated results professionally, personally, and financially. It is time for us to turn every day into a brilliant breakthrough. Valeria Tellez interviews Simon T. Bailey, the author of Shift Your Brilliance, Harness the Power of You. Simon equips companies with the tools necessary to effect cultural transformation, resulting in higher employee engagement and platinum customer service experiences. He challenges individuals to dig deep, to find and release their inner brilliance and become chief breakthrough officers, personally and professionally. Simon has been named one of the top 25 people who will help you reach your business and life goals by Success Magazine, joining a list that includes Brene Brown, Tony Robbins, and Oprah Winfrey. He is the author of 10 books, including his most recent release, Be the Spark, Five Platinum Service Principles for Creating Customers for Life. His courses on lynda.com, Building Business Relationships, Finding a Sponsor, and Leading Through Relationships have been viewed by thousands of people worldwide. His Goalcast video has over 87 plus million views. Meet Simon at simontbailey.com. Here is the interview with Simon T. Bailey. Hello, Simon. It's been some time since we talked. And today I have to ask you a similar question that I asked you a few months ago, but in a different way. Who is Simon Bailey today, in your own words? <laughs> I would simply say I am a person who exists to spark brilliance in men and women so that they lead countries, companies, cultures, and communities. How wonderful. This is the subject of our conversation. I have lots of questions here about brilliance and shift. But the first question, really, my warm-up question is the mind. What is your understanding of the mind? The mind has the ability to think, feel, release, dream, and create. And I believe that the mind is sometimes the most underutilized um, 
gift that we have, the gift of a mind to think, to create and do, so often underutilized. One of the um, components, let's say, of the mind that I absolutely love to explore is intuition. Would you say this is part of the mind or it's somehow or somewhat a different part in the body? Yeah, I think intuition um, certainly impacts the mind. I believe intuition is in your gut mm -hmm. and it influences the mind to say, go here, do this. 70% of your nervous system is, is in your gut. So I believe that's where intuition exists. And intuition is the tap on the shoulder, the nudge, the push that whispers mm -hmm. go in this direction. What would you say to those who are still practicing and trying to distinguish which voice to listen? How do we know when we are listening to the intuition? Well, one of the things I believe is that when you are paying attention to intuition, you will have peace that money can't buy. You will have a peace that supersedes mm -hmm. your understanding. Uh, you will have a knowing that if I just relax and submit and accept, you don't have to make something happen. You allow it to flow through you. And, uh, and when that happens, life becomes so, so fulfilling. Another question I have for you is imagination and thoughts, let's say logical thinking. Mm -hmm. Do you feel a difference between them? Yes, uh, the imagination is the movie screen of the mind where you can literally write, create and direct the script of your future right there on the movie screen of your mind. And having the ability to image nation, imagination, yeah. right, to see images on the screen um, from the inside out is powerful which is not really something that we can do with the logical mind. Can we still yeah, try to, uh, let's say, replicate that? We can. We can certainly attempt to do it, but right. the imagination is so much more powerful. What does it mean to be a human being to you? I think uh, being a human being is to be in service to other human beings, to recognize I need you and you need me. In your book, you speak of spiritual beings. This is what we are, essentially. So talk to me for a moment about what is to be a spiritual being and what is spirituality to you? So a spiritual being is a person who is connected to God or whatever they deem is that infinite being that they pray to uh, for guidance and direction, protection, comfort, and growth. So for me, when I talk about my relationship with God, I am specifically saying that I am tapped into a spiritual higher power that challenges me to be a better human being while here on planet Earth, to be a better servant, and to care about the least, the last, and the lost. And let me ask you another question about the title of your book, Shift Your Brilliance. So that word shift is changing, shifting and transforming 
somewhat the same or correlated, connected? Yes, totally. All of those words are totally aligned in the, in the same. Basically the same. That's interesting. I heard some differences between these terms, but from your perspective, is the same, shifting, changing, transforming. Correct. That sounds very good to me. And when we think about transformation, it's really the mind tends to believe that something huge, like this enormous shift or change, does it have to be big, like the shifts that we attempt to make in our lives? No, we can make a, a simple shift of getting out of the bed in the morning and putting one foot in front of the other. We can make a simple shift of, you know what, I've been thinking negative, I choose to think positive. Uh, we can make a simple shift as I see a person coming behind me as I get ready to walk into a retail location. What if I hold the door uh, for them? You can make a shift in a nanosecond. What about brilliance? That also sounds to me like something that comes from geniuses. Brilliance is your insight, is your potential, and it is your genius. It, it is that thing that makes you come alive. So whenever you hear Andre Bocelli, the amazing singer who sounds like an angel, you are hearing his brilliance come through his voice. Uh, as you are witnessing him, literally you become mesmerized and caught up in the moment. And you're like, wow, that is brilliant. Or when you, you observe a surgeon, uh, when they sometimes show on medical TV a surgeon who uses a knife or a plumber uses a wrench or a carpenter uses a hammer, that is how you deploy your brilliance, your genius into the earth by serving and utilizing your gift or talent to make the world a better place. How do we know when we are there, when we are finally utilizing our gifts? So first of all, you will never reach there mm -hmm. because the moment you reach there, it's like, oh, I've got to the destination and we forget the journey. Mm -hmm. So your purpose is mm -hmm. ever evolving and pulling you forward. Like when we look at the life of Mother Teresa, we would never want her just to get there and stop. Right. We would want her to continue to grow. We didn't want Dr. Martin Luther King to stop, even mm -hmm. though his life was taken too early. Mm -hmm. So finding your purpose is doing what's in front of you every single day, a little bit better than the day before. Um, I believe a purpose is also, it is your divine imprint. So when, when I am purposeful, I have tapped into that divine imprint that makes me come alive and I live from the inside out and I'm constantly looking for ways to grow and evolve. Does it take a um, belief system, believing in God or some sort of, um, yeah, spiritual beliefs? It takes, yes, it does take a spiritual belief system that is anchored in wholeness, character, mm. purity, service, uh, sharing, caring. So 
when we have the right belief system, we produce the right results. So the belief system is the outgrowth of who your character is. Your character is who you are when no one is looking. When no one is looking, that is who you are. And that's how you really believe. When the lights are not on and you're not getting the likes, the comments, the reshares, the posts, all of a sudden you have to live with the belief. Is this is this the right thing for me to be doing right now? Am I supposed to be here? Am I adding value? Did I help someone today? Did I hug someone with my words? When I come from that belief system, it shapes how you show up every single day. How did you find your brilliance, Simon? I found my brilliance when my mentor said to me, you weren't born to fit in, you were born to be brilliant. And when he said it, it unlocked something in me. And I said to him, how can you say this is your white man? And he says, when uh, he and his wife got married, they adopted two young African-American boys and they began to tell their boys what they could be instead of what they couldn't be. And he said, I'm here to tell you, Simon T. Bailey, you have brilliance in you. And literally, I said, oh, my goodness, nobody told me I was brilliant. I thought I was average. I was just going through life. And that began my journey to finding my brilliance. Would you say all the time or sometimes it takes someone else telling us? Sometimes it does. Some people do recognize it immediately uh, because they just know their gift. But sometimes it tells it takes someone seeing in you what you don't do, you see in yourself. And if you never see it in yourself, you never embrace it. But the moment someone puts a mirror in front of you and reflects back to you, you're like, what? Wow, this is incredible. You literally get lit. You, you're lit up because you're like, that's me. That's me. That's what I've been looking for. That's what I've been trying to find. Let's talk for a moment about this year, 2020, and all the changes that have been happening and still happening, I guess. Do you see a shift taking place? I see a major shift on the planet. I think the big shift is there is an awakening that respect and honor have no color and that people of color who have been marginalized have experienced racial justice. Finally, we have people who are woke, in a sense, Uh, who are white and are saying enough is enough. I want to be a part of the solution. So we never have to go this way again. So I, there's an awakening to move towards giving people and professionals of color a hand up instead of a hand out. I think the second thing is this time has allowed people to self-reflect and to say, am I a good human being Or am I simply going through the motions? Am I just taking up space? Or is my life meaningful instead of meaningless? And I think there's also businesses are getting back to the core of transformation. And that is not just to make money, but to make a difference in the communities where we serve and not looking for press headlines or, or PR opportunities to say, look at us but to be a part of systemic transformation that will impact generations to come. Something that you said in your book that I really liked, you said, we are natural shifters. Human beings are meant to shift. And I'm wondering why so many of us think quite the opposite, <laughs> that we are what we are supposed to be. We just come to this idea of who we think we are as a fixed or solid identity personality or persona? 
I think the reason people are afraid because they forget that life is about getting on the ride of life on a bicycle. We forget to ride a bicycle, the bicycle of life. And because how did you learn to ride a bicycle? You got up, you pedaled, and you fell off, but you got back up. And so many people don't want to fall off the bike for fear of what will people think, what happened, and will I, will I have the wherewithal to get back up on the bike of life and ride into my future? So instead of seeing life as a bike that we can ride and fall off and get back up, people choose to try to stay on the bike as long as they can because they want to, they don't want to fall off because it is unsafe to skin your knees. It is improper for people to look at you and shun you. But the real people who will thrive during this time are not afraid to fall off the bike. The way you say it actually sounds like frightening <laughs> to falling. When I think about it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But that's true. It takes courage. I think the other word would be vulnerability, not being afraid to be vulnerable. Yes, because the person who's not afraid to be vulnerable doesn't care who sees them when they fall off because that opinion that is coming from that person will not shape how and what and when they get back on the bike, but as long as they get back up. And what we've got to tell people right now in this economy, get back up, get back on the bike and keep riding. Because if you don't ride, everyone attached to you will not have the belief that they can ride. But if they see that you know how to put the pedal, one pedal in front of the other, just moving forward, all of a sudden they're like, you know what, if she can, I can. Another theme you speak of in your book that caught my attention is you say the more we focus, the more power the problem has over our lives. Actually, you said the more we focus on the problem, the more problem we'll have, paraphrasing. Yeah, so many times when I look back over my life, I focused on what I didn't have instead of what can I do about what I don't have. And so when I focus on lack insufficiency, economic insecurity, uh, racial injustice, uh, unsure if this global pandemic is ever going to end. And yes, it is very present. We need to do all of the things that we are told to do by the scientists and the health officials. But then we also need to take it one step further and say, how do I come through this as, as an, and, and get to the other side for who I will become in the process. So who am I becoming right now during this time? So that how do I move from customer service to human service? How do I be in service to other human beings to say, I'm here for you, even though I may be hurting myself, but the ability to give away what I need the most somehow becomes a therapeutic way of, of receiving healing for yourself because you are paying it forward and letting someone else know that they matter. What is healing to you, Simon? Healing is the ability to recognize that everything we need to um, succeed and to come back from any setback is inside of us. And healing is slowing down to the speed of life to recognize I don't have to have all the answers and I don't know when this is going to work out but I have the faith to believe 
that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And whatever I'm standing in right now is not the end of me. It is just the circle that I'm standing in. And I choose to heal and move from healing to wholeness. And moving from healing to wholeness is that daily decision that I love myself. So when I tap into the love that I have for myself, all of a sudden the healing begins to take place that I shall live and not die. Talk to me for a moment about the term Vuja uh, Day. So, yeah, Vuja Day is the opposite of deja vu. Deja vu has been there, done that. So sometimes we can experience something and say, like, ooh, I was here yesterday. It's like deja vu. But Vuja Day is going the opposite direction, seeing something for the first time that others don't see. So when we look at modern day examples of obviously the Ubers, the Airbnbs, or even an app called Swimply, which is a person decided, what if you are in a certain mile radius and you would like to come swimming in my swimming pool? I will charge you a fee to swim in my pool for whatever it is. That's Vuja Day. It's seeing what everybody else can see, but to understand it differently. And so Vuja Day is, is letting go of the old to embrace the new. Vuja Day is coming to a place that realizes things will work until they don't work. How do I now unleash my inner salmon? What is one of the best examples of that, of businesses that see it differently? I mean, Apple, I guess, this is, everybody knows that company. I think Amazon, which is, you know, everybody's, you know, has experienced <laughs> Amazon. Amazon is Vuja Day all day mm. because Amazon is in a world of retailers who want customers to come into their stores. But Amazon starts off with just books, but they have a bigger vision to say, if we can sell books to you with just a few clicks, we can deliver to you anything you need in the world. We can source it and get it to you. That's Vuja Day. So now take it a step further. You go on Amazon and because the algorithm begins to understand what you do, how you buy, when you buy, then they will put people who bought this also bought these other products. So you had no intention to buy anything else, but because of proximity marketing, you said, you know what? I think I want to buy something. That's Vuja Day. Whereas think about how long it takes you to get in your car or, or catch a bus, get on the subway and go to a physical location. That could be two to three hours just to buy something. But with just a few clicks, you can do it from your phone, your laptop, your, your tablet because it's Vuja Day. It's to see what others don't see. Can you think of um, a simple example of day-to-day -day life? Um, how can we learn to see life differently, even a moment-to-moment, -moment, a simple moment in an extraordinary way? I think a simple way to think about Vuja Day is when you see hate that is rampant for a certain people group, people of color, black people, you can choose love instead of hate. You can choose to say a kind word instead of being mean. So going back to the topic of shifting and the process of getting there, I guess, getting the courage. The first question is, how do we know when there is a, a need that when we need to shift? 
Well, we become very uncomfortable, easily frustrated, uh, at times flustered, a little bit off our game, not in flow, not in sync. And those are telltale signs that the universe is inviting you to shift. And it's paying attention to those moments of uneasiness when you know that it's time to let go. And the moment you let go, everything begins to emerge because you committed to the decision to not have the answer, but you're only going to go for the walk. You're gonna take the step and you're gonna figure it out as you go. So when I shift, I'm then moving into improvising the future, but it would never happen until I honored in, back to intuition. I honored intuitively what I was sensing. And the moment I sense it, there is a recalibration of relationships, opportunities, significant doors that will begin to align with your decision to shift. How do we know when we are letting go and not giving up? Well, you know that you're letting go when you release the need to be right and release the need to have your way and you let go of control. The reason some people really never break through to their destiny is that they're a control freak. And if things don't happen when they think they should happen and the timing they should happen and with the people they think it should happen, then it's not going to happen because you had built a story in your head as to what was supposed to emerge. And when it didn't go that way, then there's something wrong. But what if it came from a different direction, the opposite direction, would you still receive it? So when I really be, become relaxed in honoring my decision, all of a sudden things begin to happen, things begin to emerge because I release the need to be right and control the outcome. I become open the moment and begin to flow with the destiny of the universe. Mm. I have the, uh, the seven steps here in front of me in your book, you mentioned all the uh, seven of them. Would you like to um, talk to me about one of them or two or more, Simon? Absolutely. Yes. So one of the steps I think is critically important, the first principle of shift your brilliance is see differently. Seeing differently is looking at what everybody else could see, but understanding it with a fresh new perspective. So for example, I'm working at Disney, great company, great career, but all of a sudden they send me to Paris. And while I was there in Paris, I'm on stage and Lion King had just come out. And I say, remember who you are. You are more than what you have become. Now, mind you, I'm at the, the top of my career. And when I get back from Paris to Florida, when I return to Florida from Paris, all of a sudden Disney decides to promote me into a leadership role. But how I begin to see differently is I found my voice that day on stage in Paris. And when you find your voice, you find your joy. When you find your joy, you find your freedom. But you never find your freedom until you find your joy. And you never find your joy until you find your voice. So I found my voice that day and I said, okay, now how do I see differently? Because I am going to leave this job. Job stands for just over board. So in other words, quit your job and go to work. I'm going to go to work on what just captured my heart. And it's my joy. It's my love. It's the reason why I'm here. So until you see differently, wherever you are, you will have more of the same. 
Would you say that we are all capable of finding our voice? All of us are capable of finding our voice if we're willing to do the work. And that means sometimes it comes disguised as a problem uh, that is totally like, why should I do this? But the moment you submit to it, you begin to say, whoa, I was supposed to go through this for what I can learn in the process. You say that when people shift their brilliance, and then you have like so many things that happen that we go through as a sign. And one of them that caught my attention is what you said here. When you shift your brilliance, you understand that money is energy. Mm, yeah, yeah. When I understand money is energy, I don't chase money. Money chases me. What you begin to understand is not all money is good money. So not every door is the door you're supposed to walk through. Not every opportunity that presents itself is the opportunity that you're supposed to spend for, invest in, or necessarily receive from. Uh, because I have to sense the energy, what is on the other side of this, and who will I become uh, as I go through the process? Is this going to benefit me? Is it going to take me up or take me down? So when I understand money is energy, when money is scarce, I must then begin to say, how do I become a person of abundance to serve and help others. So now I can begin to prime the pump of opportunities and doors opening and contracts coming and getting a chance to live my live in my purpose and my brilliance and use my gifts to begin to bring to me the revenue based on the problem that I'm solving. So when I understand money is energy, I never try to control it. I let it flow through me. And if it flows through me, there's more of that where it came from. But I have to stay in flow to receive. So a part of receiving is giving. If I'm not giving, then I'm not going to receive. So in order to really understand how the energy works is who am I helping without looking to them for anything in return? And when I do that, I have now set in motion the energy of money to move towards me instead of run away from me. So true. I believe that with all my heart too, serving, coming from that place of love. But what also comes to mind is that a lot of young people, especially, they follow that model of making money from things that it's not really helping others. Let's say some companies who sell foods that are not good for the body. So what would you say, what kind of energy are they working with at that level? So sometimes it's the energy of, I got to make a quick dollar because I am trying to survive or I'm trying to get my name out there. Or I'm trying to people have people see me in a different light. And it may last, but it may not last for a long time because people can sense desperation. People can sniff out uh, I won't say necessarily a con job, but they can sniff out when everything is not only up and up. And so in order to stay in a pure place, give more than what people ask for. And it's in being of service to people that they will recognize that you always go the extra inch. You always give a little bit more than what they could have bargained for. I try to understand why some companies succeed and doing quite the opposite, as I mentioned before. And I don't want to mention names, but I have to, I guess. Uh, McDonald's, Burger King, those are some <laughs> of the companies I don't believe in. <laughs> so I wonder 
how do they succeed doing quite the opposite? As I said, it doesn't really promote health and vibrance and life. It's the opposite. You know, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I think all quick service restaurants have a mission and a vision and values, and they have customers that love their products. And there are customers uh, who have a plethora of options. So I, I don't have the right answer for you on that question. <laughs> yeah, thank you for um, even commenting on that, <laughs> Simon. Another thing you mentioned that also caught my attention, I love, of course, you say when you shift your brilliance, you stop selling and start connecting. Yeah, you know, when you sell, that's a transaction. But when you connect, that's a relationship. And we are now literally in the relationship economy where attention is the new currency. And we have to connect and meet people where they are to get their attention, not because we want their money, but because we want to create meaning for them, a meaningful relationship that causes them to yelp about the business because of how we made them feel. And we didn't treat them like a dollar sign because they're trying to keep the doors open. And when, when we really begin to connect with folks, we stop selling them and they in turn, it's counterintuitive. They become the unofficial marketing department for that business because now they begin to understand that it's not just about that business. It's about everyone that's tied to that business and how they get to be a value and make a difference for that business at large. You mentioned uh, somebody I don't know, Peter Bond, as an example of that. Would you like to expand? Yeah, what I love about the Peter Bond story is the ability to be there at, at Minute Maid and say, how can I add value? Oh, I see that the uh, CEO is an iPhone user but does not have the uh, branded Minute made iPhone cover. And what if the next time I see him, I bring a cover, an iPhone cover that he can use with his phone? How cool will he be uh, to all of his, his teenagers? So it's recognizing the need that when I step beyond myself and really look to others, there's a way to move from selling to connecting that causes a relationship to emerge instead of a one-off transaction. Yeah, um, it, that makes me think about leadership, true leadership. So if there is a one word for those two, true leadership, what would that be, Simon? Serve and love. Beautiful message. I have to say, I love where you come from. Every time we talk, this is the second time. It's uh, the same thing, like the energy is the same. Thank you for your mission. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Uh, you know, uh, if I was to read a passage uh, in my book that I think is probably the <laughs> really kind of like the heart of the book, there's um, it's this one. Vujai Day is realizing that there will come a time when you will have to break with the old to embrace the new, to let go of what is comfortable and convenient in order to grow and expand. It's about moving in a new direction without a map, a GPS, or support from Facebook friends. It's doing the exact opposite of what you've always done in order to ignite a creative spark of new possibility. 
And um, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yes, they can just go to Simon T. Bailey, T like terrific, uh, Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y.com. Thank you so much again, Simon, for your beautiful presence. My pleasure to serve you. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Simon T. Bailey and his work, please visit simontbailey.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.